Smart Advisors, the podcast for and about financial advisors. I'm your host, Dave Polis, and today we're discussing organic growth and niche selection with Kate Cody, who specializes in helping active and retired military families transition to the private sector and federal government employees navigate towards retirement. Kate is the owner of Red Clover Financial Planning, an independent financial advisory firm that offers its clients a personalized, holistic approach to financial health and personal happiness that is accessible no matter where life takes them. Kate has over 20 years of experience in the financial service industry and is a certified financial planner. She is committed to delivering financial plans that serve as a comprehensive, action-oriented roadmap. As a military spouse and after years of experience helping government employees, Kate is well-versed in the benefits and challenges employees in these areas face and desires to help them maximize their opportunities to live their best lives now. Kate, welcome to the program. We're glad you could join us today. Thanks for having me, Dave. In our initial conversation before the show, you told me you have an interesting career path that led you to where your practice is today. Tell me about the story of how all that got started. Sure. I started my career out at Fidelity Fidelity Investments. Um, I met my husband there, and we got married two months after 9-11. So while my husband was also serving in the Army Reserves, he had never deployed prior to that time. Um, But shortly after um, we were married, he he did deploy. And um, he basically was deploying every two years while working at Fidelity, um, which was fine. I mean, Fidelity was great about that. Um, my husband was happy to be involved in the war in Iraq. Um, but then the financial crisis hit and the first round of layoffs at Fidelity occurred shortly after um, a return from one of his deployments and he was on the, the cut. So he was laid off, um, and um, it, it actually was a pivotal point for us. You know, we knew that with the financial crisis, the job market was going to be tough for the next few years. Um, this was probably just the, the first round of layoffs at Fidelity. And so, um, you know, I, I, I said to my husband, you know, I think you really need to decide, you know, choose between working in financial services or serving your country. Um, You know, whichever, whichever job path you think is going to give you the most satisfaction, I'm happy to follow you. So he thought about it for a while and um, decided that really, you know, he wanted to serve his country. And given the circumstances that were going on, we had two wars going on in Iraq and Afghanistan. I really wasn't surprised by his decision. Um, so those deployments in Iraq, he worked with a couple of people there and, um, they happened to be working at joint special operations command in North Carolina and a job came up there and they, they recruited him for it. So in 2010, we moved down to North Carolina and my husband went on active duty. Um, so, he, you know, he transitioned into a new career path and was really, really happy doing what he was doing. But it was also a transition point for me. I had to leave my job at Fidelity. And, um, you know, I was trying to figure out what am I going to do next? Um, but living down in North Carolina, 
I started to make friends with um, military families and who were on active duty. And it was my first time interacting with people on active duty. And it was eye-opening. Um, you know, I learned that they pretty much move every two to three years, which creates a lot of financial challenges. There's a lot of benefits that they have while they're serving in the military, which can make it difficult to transition out when they're ready to retire. And so, you know, I saw the, the financial issues that they were dealing with. And then I started to look around me to see, you know, who would support them during these times. And mostly what I was seeing were, you know, big companies that were working with them mainly to, um, you know, sell proprietary products and maybe not doing full financial planning for them. Um, so I decided to open my own firm in 2012 with the idea that I would um, serve military families. So what started as a potentially negative situation, a layoff and a decision to serve and a relocation turned into a positive because you saw an opportunity to knit those circumstances together in a way that allowed you to control your own destiny. Is that a good summation? Oh, yeah. I mean, I could tell I could tell you that I never thought at that time with the layoff that, you know, tw- 10 years in the future, I would look back on it as the best thing that happened to our family. So that decision made, it was homework time. You needed to get educated and certified. Tell me how that worked. Yeah. So um, my time at Fidelity, I mainly worked in the back office, um, helping out other advisors. I had never done financial planning before. Um, So that first year I opened my firm really was just me focusing on um, getting my certified financial planner designation. And then I had to bone up on the um, benefits that are available to military families um, to be prepared to help them out. So the basis of the practice was the fact that military families often move from location to location. And when they retire, they have some decisions to make, some options to consider, don't they? Yeah. You know, they have to decide where are they going to set down their roots, you know, after moving around so much. Um, Are they going to work part time or um, full time? Some some are planning to actually fully retire um, at, you know, young, a relatively young age. Um, It could be as early as in their 40s. And then there's other planning issues that come up where. You know, they have a lot of tax benefits while they're serving in the military. And so um, planning for the transition and the extra taxes um, is really important. Both military personnel and government in general tend to retire early in many cases, don't they? Yeah. Does that add to the need for some help? Because they have a lot more of their lives left to plan for. Yeah. I mean, their benefits really put them in a position where they can retire early, but definitely planning has to be done around that because usually the pension isn't enough to fund um, their lifestyle when they retire. So, you know, you have to build up assets that can be accessible without penalty um, or create other passive streams of income so that they can do it. There are some very generous and specific benefits after retirement from a military or government career. Tell me about those. They have the pension, which um, is, is huge, can be quite significant amount of money. 
and then the other thing that helps make it possible to retire early is the health care benefits that they receive. Military can continue with TRICARE and government employees can continue to um, pay the employee amount for the health insurance that they have, which is quite a bit less than what you would have to pay out on the open market or even for a supplement plan when um, you go on Medicare at age 65. One of the specific benefits you mentioned is the pension. The other is the TSP program, which while effective at helping people save, has some drawbacks, doesn't it? Tell me about those. Yeah, the thrift savings plan is the retirement plan that um, both military and government employees can contribute to. And, you know, it's it's a great plan. It does give you um, access to the broader market. I think the the main drawback of the thrift savings plan is basically you have five funds that you can choose to invest in. So you don't have um, access to invest in other asset classes that um, that you you want <laughs> to have a diversified portfolio. You want to um, also take advantage of those asset classes as well. It's very broad. Um, they have a what they call the C fund, which is basically the S and P five hundred. They have an S fund, which represents small caps and mid caps. And then they have an aggregate bond fund and a short-term treasury fund and then an international fund. So, you know, they're missing out on certain asset classes that could help um, boost their returns. Okay, we're coming up on a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about tax residency and career advice and some other nuts and bolts about military and government families in retirement. We'll be right back. Are you an RIA or financial advisor looking to grow and scale your practice, but feel like you could use some help? Feel like there are lots of growth options out there, but don't have time to research them and don't want to make an expensive mistake? Want to spend more time helping clients instead of time-consuming investment research, compliance checks, or transactional work? If you answered yes to any of these, Pinnacle Advisor Solutions has the answers you need With a range of outsourced options and financial planning support, Pinnacle has a solution that fits your needs, budget, and circumstances to help you scale up, grow your practice, or put a succession plan in place. For more information or to set up an appointment, call 201-919-4838. And we're back with Kate Cody, talking about military and government families. You mentioned earlier that some of your military clients have moved locations quite frequently, sometimes as much as every two or three years. That becomes an advantage when they retire, doesn't it? Tell us how that works. Well, sure. I mean, just think about the fact that um, they get to see all different parts of the country. So when they retire, you know, they could think about where did they like it best um, and, um, and, and move to that area. And while they're serving in the military, um, they, they're able to pick their state of tax residency. Um, and, and often when they do that, their, their tax residency state is a state that doesn't have income taxes, right? So that's part of factoring in um, 
you know, where, where are you going to live? Um, you have to, if you're going to pick a state that has um, state taxes, then you need to plan for it. Make sure that you're earning enough money uh, after the military to continue the lifestyle that your family has become accustomed to. You have a relatively unique client profile in that both government and military personnel have a separate culture during their work lives than commercial employees, don't they? They have a need to actually make a mindful transition back to the commercial world if they retire completely or even partially and want to continue working part-time. Tell me how that affects your clients and their planning needs. Yeah, so the transition out of the military can be really difficult. Um, First, because a lot of people don't understand how their skills in the military translate into a civilian or even a government job. So, and, and, and that makes it really stressful, you know, think about all the decisions they have to make at the transition. They have to figure out what am I going to do next for a career? You know, where am I going to live? All, all of that. Right. So I try to help my clients think about what do they really want in the next phase? Like what's, going to give them their most fulfilled life. I mean, basically while you're serving in the military, you're being told where you're going to live, what you're going to do. Um, and this is the first chance they've had in a long time to um, do what they want to do. So I provide them some questions that gets them really thinking about what they want to have in their life to be most fulfilled. And through those exercises, in a new career, where they want to live just comes up. You know, it, it's almost like, oh, yeah. <laughs> now, when I think about it, what, what's going to make me fulfilled, this seems like the natural path. So it really, it, it, the financial planning side of it, planning for the transition, is, it, isn't, it doesn't just make it easier financially just makes all the decisions easier and helps ensure that they're going to be happy with the decisions that they make. It's not like I'm, I'm saying which career they should go towards. It's more from them deciding like what's going to make them happy. They come up with a career choice, um, which is great, but yeah, I mean, it, it does. It's um, it's, I mean, the transition's tough, so you need all those elements of support to make it. While your client profile involves military and government personnel, most of those chose to serve for altruistic reasons. I don't think anybody joins the government to get rich, except maybe politicians. So you've chosen a hybrid business model with both AUM and fee for planning as an option. Ten years out, how has that worked out for you? It's worked out great. Um, You know, my goal with um, my business was to make financial planning accessible to anyone. Um, A lot of firms will have a requirement, you know, that we're not going to do a financial plan for you unless you have 300 or $500,000 for us to manage in investments. So I I basically had to come up with a model where I would obviously still be compensated for um, financial planning work. And, um, you know, I've found that it's it's been profitable and um, it's grown. So I'm very happy with the path I chose. 
Now, you do help clients with their investments and also navigating that transition to civilian life, but that also involves making some very specific choices after they've retired as well. Tell me about how those work together. Yeah, so um, I think the the biggest uh, thing for military transitioning out is the loss of the housing allowance um, that they receive, which is quite a significant amount of money that they get tax-free. So, you know, when you're looking at trying to maintain that same lifestyle that they have, you have to factor in, you know, where their money is going now, how that will change in the transition, and then calculate how much income they would need to maintain that lifestyle, continue um, contributing to retirement plans. And so basically what I'm doing is I'm helping them figure out how much income they need to make in their next job to, um, to maintain their lifestyle. I bet your clients really appreciate your help in entangling some of those government benefit programs, and they find they can use various funding options to give them more buying power in retirement than they may have anticipated. That makes for some very enjoyable and positive client meetings, doesn't it? Tell me a story about one of those. Yeah, so, um, you know, the, the, the pension and um, VA loans are, are out there. And it, it, it can make things happen for clients sooner than they, they think. Um, and that, that gives me a lot of joy to, to help them make something happen sooner than they think. So, for example, um, I was working with a Navy family last year um, who is p- planning to transition out in the next two to three years. And um, one of their desires was to buy a boat, a, a, a trawler, and um, travel around in the trawler and, and work part-time until um, full retirement. And, you know, thankfully, because of the assets they accumulated and what they're going to get for a pension when um, they retire, they're actually able to get the boat this year rather than having to wait three years. And I mean, they're thrilled and I was thrilled for them. Terrific. We're almost out of time for this episode. If there's one thing you want to leave our audience with today about your practice and how your niche strategy worked out, how would it be? I think it's clear that my life's journey led me to serving military and government employees. And that because of the shared experience I have with them, my clients know I'm passionate about helping them lead their most fulfilled lives. That is what has helped me, my firm grow. Um, And the best part is I feel like I'm doing something important every day which makes doing this job a joy um, and something I plan to do for quite a while. Kate, thank you so much for those helpful insights. I'm sure our audience learned a lot regarding building a niche practice. We've been speaking with Kate Cody of Red Clover Financial Planning about the benefits of niche practice development. If you have questions about your niche or about anything involving your advisory practice, be sure to drop us a line at advisors at pinnacleadvisory.com. I'm your host, Dave Polis, and you've been listening to Four Advisors, the podcast for and about financial advice. Until next time, thanks for listening. 
You're listening to Four Advisors, the podcast for and about financial advisors. This program is for educational purposes only, and the opinions expressed here by guests do not necessarily fully or accurately reflect the legal intent or nature of Pinnacle Advisor Solutions, Pinnacle Advisory Group, or its senior management. This program is not intended to give legal, investment, or financial planning advice, and opinions and statements made in this podcast should not be relied on as such. 